Hello, Mzanzi, and welcome to episode 189 of Farmers Inside Track. I'm your host, Donumdu. Tofik Brunkes grew up on his family run farm in Scarpcroft, Philippi, in the Western Cape. In this edition, we talk to him about day to day life on the farm and how much their farming business has grown over the past few years. Tofik, you're like one of the first farmers I met when I started, you know, in the agricultural media space. And it's so exciting to be able to sit across from you and actually meet you in person for the first time. We dubbed you the egg boy on Food for Science when we wrote your article. But you've come a long way since then, you know. Just a bit about yourself, your journey within agriculture, also more about your family farming business. I'm Taufik Brunkes, 29 years old. I'm one of the farm managers, directors of Camomile Farming. I started working full-time in the business 2015. Before that, I was just doing it as a chore, basically. I used to help every weekend, throw chicken food, pick up the eggs and those type of things. And I said, like, during the week, if we, like, maybe harvesting small loads, it will take to Epping and help that load on the bucket and stuff like that. But it wasn't, like, intensive as it was when I started full-time. I think I've grown quite a lot since the Egg Bay article. <laughs> we recently put up a new poultry house that's housing 25,000 layers. So the total capacity now is around 35,000. Inshallah, in the future, we plan to expand more and break through more into the egg market. I think it's absolutely amazing, um, you know, just to think about your journey within the space, but also just how your family business has grown over time. I think your family moved to the farm and there was space and your mom started with a few chickens and to be at, what, 35,000 strong? It's absolutely amazing, alhamdulillah. So maybe just more about day-to-day on the farm, what it's like, you know, what's business like? What do you do when you wake up in the morning? If I wake up in the morning, like now it's first prayers quite early, it's like 4 o'clock, so I'll wait up till about 5 and then take a walk around the farm basically to roll down the curtains in there. The actual job starts at 7 o'clock and then all the employees come to work by that time I already had like a two hour head start on them already so I plan out the day what I would like them to do for me for the day. I'd be in the poultry houses till about post 10, 11 because that's usually the time when we're done collecting all the eggs so we'll do an egg count together and if I need feed, I'll have to discuss with the guys when the feed's coming, those type of things. And obviously the egg collections, because it's more eggs every day. It's about plus minus about over 700 trays a day of eggs that I have to pick up. Eggs needs to be labeled as dirty eggs, clean eggs, gradable eggs, and all those type of things. It does get easier as the days goes on because the guys get familiar with what needs to be done. After that, I would go help my brother in the farmlands. He farms maybe a 1.5 kilometer away from where we actually reside. And there's like a 22-hectare farm there to be leasing from government. And we plant majority of the stuff that we're planting there is all for ShopRite and for the walkers, basically. So it's your tanya, your radish, your kale, spring onion those type of things, and then I would help him get the orders done if anything needs to be delivered or taken to Epping or something like that, and I'll give him my hand in that sense. That's my day-to-day. I do train also during the day, but... In terms of, you know, the team on your farm and how important it is for the team to be able to understand what needs to happen day-to-day to be able to operate a successful business, do you have any advice to new farmers, new people within the industry, 
or people who maybe is newly commercialized to be able to, you know, make sure that their farms run efficiently and effectively? I wouldn't say we necessarily commercial yet. We're on the trajectory of being commercial, but it's still a long way to go. I think in the poultry industry, they recognize you by the amount of birds that you have. So if you're 60,000 and above, you sort of commercial. So we're not yet there. But like I said, we're on the verge of being there one day. I think planning is the main thing. And especially if you want to see growth in your business. So plan your day-to-day, your week, what you want to achieve for the week. Besides just paying your, your wages, work towards a common goal like, for instance, if you need water, you need maybe a 35,000 or 40,000 to suck a ball in, you know, those type of things. So plan towards those type of things, something that's going to improve your farming, those type of things. I think the people around you is also very important. Luckily for me, I work with my immediate family. I work with my mother and my father and my brother every single day. It is challenging because there's certain toes you don't want to be tramping on, but you have to tramp on it because it's the business at the end of the day. And we can't make emotional decisions. We have to think logically about things. Sometimes you don't want to hear what the other guy's telling you or your father or your brother's telling you, but you have to take it on the chin and make it work. But as far as the staff goes, I think just have an everyday relationship with them, treat them well, treat them with respect. Because if one person's not there, you actually feel it, man. And you can't do that person's work. So they're kind of irreplaceable to you on that day. And just to know you actually need them when they're not there. And Skycrawl is a very small community in the sense where this worker will work by me today and then tomorrow he's going to work by you. And we don't want the other people to know like we're treating the people bad or stuff like that. So it's important to treat your workers also with that kind of respect as you treating your father and your business partner, you know, those type of things. No, that's definitely true. And I think at Food Form Zanzi, we should have shared that sentiment that everyone is recognized within the sector. We're all contributing towards it. So, so yeah, definitely share that sentiment. Maybe just more on the operational side. What do you think is like the three top tips that makes a successful, you know, poultry layer production? Well, there's quite a few things I've visited quite a few farms and spoke to quite a few egg producers and the one tip that I will carry with me forever is like you need to use your senses actually God-given senses when you come into the poultry house so if you smell and the smell is so strong you must know there's a ammonia bowled up in the house you must be able to hear if there's something wrong as a farmer or like at the egg bay but someone that knows about chickens and stuff should know like look here if the bird is making a noise there's something wrong there's either there's no water or there's something that's distracting them or there's no food or something like that just to use your eyes check the general health of the bird check your egg sizes check the general health of the bird is the bird laying there Check the quickness or the sharpness of the bird by clicking your finger and just checking if the bird is twitching and those type of things and check your comb of your bird. If it's nice and red, then you know they um good health and that. No, that's perfect. Great advice. Thanks. Any last message you have to other farmers, people within the sector that you'd like to share as we wrap up? I think it's important for people that's coming up to do their research about it because it's expensive game the poultry game because um, you invest so much in your food if you don't have a market for your eggs it's kind of waste because you have to dump the eggs and eventually you're running a loss 
So it's important to know where you're headed. So if you're going to have birds and you're going to plan to open a farm or do something on that sense, know where your product is going. Know that if your bird is going to lay two trays, that this aunt is going to take it or that aunt is going to take it or this buy down the road is going to buy your eggs. You know what I'm saying? Those type of things. Because at the end of the day, I think like Tamsin, she said like you can't just sell like one tray and you need to have those off-take agreements to eventually grow into the retail sector and just know your market at the end of the day. And what does, um, you know, the future look like for your family farming business over the next five to ten years? Definitely to expand the poultry division to hopefully 70, 60,000 lay-ins. For, for the vegetable side, we recently acquired some hot houses, so we're planning to do some maybe agri-processing in there, so try to maybe grow cocktail tomatoes or do something in there that's going to involve agri-processing, that, that's the plan. Um, hopefully to get to the export markets one day, inshallah. Inshallah, I mean. <laughs> Thank you so much once again for joining me on Farmers Inside Track Tofik. For more on his farming journey, visit www.foodformzanzi.co.za. Next up, and before we let you go, we celebrate this week's hashtag soil sister, Sewahodimo Mtetwa. For as long as she can remember, producing food at home meant sharing with neighbors and those who needed it most. And this is something that she still practices today. I don't know where I got this from, but I think it's from my grandmother. Because for me, agriculture is about food security and it's about helping people. That was my first experience of the agricultural space because whatever we produced at home was just given away. I remember ladies would always come on a Sunday or Saturday because my grandma was a professional nurse. So before she went to work, she used to go in the garden and then put on a white uniform and go to work. So as far as I can remember, the food that we used to grow, we used to give it away and it used to help people quite a lot. There's a certain portion of my garden where I still give food away. I always say 10% of whatever I grow and produce, it must go to somebody and it must help someone. And looking at the restrictions that I have in terms of expansion, I've also roped in smaller local farmers, subsistence growers and guys in the local community where I actually pick up food from them so that I can also satisfy my clients in terms of the purchase that is required. So we have that network that is recently established now whereby I develop them and um, I give them seed and then I buy the produce from them because I think most people love agriculture, but because nobody buys the food, they end up, you know, leaving the space. I've applied for funding for a pack house and once I can do that, I can expand that portion of my business where I provide inputs for smaller and subsistence farmers in my area. So I also have a, a young man who I employed as a farm manager who's actually doing his master's in agronomy. There are so many graduates sitting at home with BSc degrees in agriculture because there are no opportunities for them. I employed him and we have a wonderful relationship and I'm developing him as well, sending him on courses. And recently we got our accreditation through AgriCita to do training. So we want to do a lot of that, not as a core of ours to make money out of, but to actually get local youngsters who want to go into the space to come and get, actually get formal training on the land and um, to just have something in the end. Thank you so much for joining me on Farmers Inside Track. Sewaho Dimo Mtetwa. 
you're truly an inspiration and everything of the best with your farming operation and actually more specifically your graduate support program. You can of course read more about her farming business and journey in this dynamic space on www.foodformzanzi.co.za. And that's a wrap from me, Do Numdu, our producer Megan van der Vent, and the rest of the Food from Zanzi team have an absolutely amazing week. Bye for now. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans though, right? We're inspiring and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food Form Zanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story.